Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground. Alternative activists empowerment talk radio, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? It's just about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Matt Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Gijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Matulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu-Jamal. America's chickens! Coming home to Passes a three-strike law and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. matters. Transforming truth truth to power. One One broadcast at a time. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. There's a battle going on inside of me between my well-crafted external persona and an internal force trying to break free. It's a battle, you see, between the nerd and the nigger in me. Can the nerd and the nigger coexist? They're going to have to, nerd. But nigger, it doesn't make sense. I didn't spend four years in the Ivy League learning how to think, talk, and feel in order to jump into a rage every time they try and kill me. But the truth is, nerd, I've always been around when that poison ivy bullshit was beating your ass down. These strong nigger arms, they held you, told you not to feel it, gave you time enough to heal it and become a nerd again. But nigger, <laughs> all you seem to feel is rage. And that will keep me out of their circles and off the front page of the New York Times and the Daily News. Not if you shoot a motherfucker. (laughs) And that's my point. 
You are more than that cold, stony glare. Those weighty timberlands and that nappy hair. Oh, hold up now. No, nigga. That rage is like a cage that keeps love out and you in jail. Burning a nigga, thug nigga hell. Ah, oh, shut up, nerd. You ain't heard a word I said. I gotta smack you upside your well-brushed head. Without me, there is no you. Now, wait a second, nigga. Let's talk this through. <laughs> Nah, nerd, journey to the nigger in you. I've been silent long enough. I got your ass through school. Gave you time enough to learn they rules. Now the time has come for you to pay your dues. Because these little niggers in the streets, they need you. But they think they can't relate because you act all removed. When the truth is, nerd, what they are is you. Because no matter how hard you try to deny the way you think, talk, and feel, your daddy still smoke heroin. Your brother still on crack. Ghetto nightmares still haunt your dreams, and your mama is still black. I ain't saying you gotta become me, but this one thing is true. Inside you is a hard-ass nigga you gotta let come through. Cause this assimilating bullshit will surely beat you down. And if you choke me long enough, my nerd, I will not stick around. Put the strut back in your walk. Say what you really feel. Be all of you so all of us can heal. The time for lying and denying is through. It's time, nerd, journey to the nigga in you. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground. Tonight, it is the last Saturday of the month, and at Our Common Ground, it is always Open Mic Saturday Night. How are you? Um, we want you to know that you can give us a call. Whatever is on your mind at 347-838-9852, that's how it works. At Open Mic Saturday Night at Our Common Ground. Seven eight three eight 
888-646-9852. And if you'd like to join us in our chat room, you can do so by coming to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. Yes, indeed, we did survive the um, 2015 I guess you call it a blizzard. I guess you call it uh, a lot of things, but it was um, not as bad as it looked for people who were prepared and in places, who had a home, who had heat, who had food. But those kinds of devastations are always so bad for people who do not have the resources to be prepared. And um, then there is a matter of, and I was reminding everyone, and I will remind you tonight, that Mother Nature always bats last. So um, we had a couple of inches of snow overnight, um, and we are expecting perhaps another significant snowstorm that might be coming into New England and other parts of the East Coast um, sometimes around Monday. But we're going to move on. Um, the, the, the board engineer is still up on probation and we hope that she gets her act together tonight but tonight at our common ground of course on saturday night open mic i always have an agenda one of the things i want to look at is the um <clears throat> senate hearing for loretta lynch uh which i'd like to talk with you a little about and listen um, there's another thing, and it's kind of like it's a news story, but it don't have a lot of information. I usually don't like to talk about stuff when I don't have a lot of information, but I, I need to talk about this 14-year-old out of the Virginia area who met a 33-year-old on the Internet and left home willingly with him, and somewhere in Ohio, the police caught up with them. It's an issue, for me, it's an issue of both net safety for our children, but it is also an issue about what we are talking to our girls about in terms of as they become sexual beings. Another thing I want to talk to you about tonight on my list, I don't know what's on your list, but you certainly can call us and get and get in on here to talk about what's on your mind, 347-838-9852. You might want to write that down. And for those of you who are listening on smart devices, you certainly can uh, join our chat room at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. The other thing I want to talk to you about is, I don't know if you know these people. Well, I don't know these people. 
But in preparation for talking with you tonight, because everybody's talking about this, I, I, I want to talk to you about Cookie, Annalise, and Olivia. I read that the new show on Fox Network, Empire, a soapy hip-hop drama starring Oscar-nominated actors like Terrence Howard and Taraji P. Henson, um, enjoyed the highest rating of any show for African-American viewers. So today, I I am not going to tell you where, all I can tell you is Fox produces this thing on their Fox station. And I don't even like to go to Fox, so I went to Hulu to watch it. And the ratings for Wednesday night's Empire, and there, there are three episodes that, um, it's a new show, three episodes, 11.3 million viewers tuned in. When I first heard the, the pitch about this show some while back, um, I wasn't sure. I, I, you know, it looked like it was about the music business, and it looked like it was about drugs, and 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 that's not my kind of show. I'm more of a Battlestar Galactica kind of person. Now, if you want to talk to me about Twelve Monkeys, you can do that too, because I'm really loving that show. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Um, so we're going to talk about this. I have not, I didn't get a chance. I had had enough. Uh, I wanted to watch a show, uh, Blackish and Christella, uh, which they are touting as, um, as, um, diverse. And there are even some people like in the Washington Post, uh, who are quoting Jason George, an African-American actor and a leader of diversity efforts at the Actors Union SAG-AFTRA. They're saying, now we are having frank discussion conversations that anyone, not just African-Americans, can relate to. And he said about, uh, well, he didn't say it, he didn't talk about it, but he he did describe Empire, and he said, when you throw in three scheming sons, one gay, homophobia, murder, gutter language, and explicit sex, you get what amounts to another reality show depicting black people behaving shamefully. Uh, And that came out of the Chicago Sun News. Um, Daryl Hunt, director of the uh, Ralph Bunch Center for African American Studies at UCLA, said that he feared empire would lapse into tropes about African-Americans who are rappers, former drug dealers, and gangsters. Um, on, one, on one side of the coin, you know, I always try to look at both sides of the coin, or even on one side of the cube, I'm thinking 
that um, it, it, it's giving black actors um, a job, but I'm wondering if it's giving black actors an opportunity to talk with their with their employers where they are employed about jobs. So we're open to talk about that. I'm really interested in and 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 it's this scandal and um murder not murder she wrote but how to get away with the murder with Viola Davis. I caught up on all of those. I spent the day. It's cold as hell outside. So <laughs> I I decided rather than to go out and try to brave the weather, I would catch up on what everybody's talking about. I mean, you can't come onto a microphone every week and think you're going to be st- that and show you're stupid. You know, you have to be careful who you sto- who you show your stupid to. So, I decided and if you hear me, if you hear me um grunting here. I'm taking off my my um jacket. My boudoir jacket. Um because it's getting a little warm in here. The other thing I want to talk to you about is your life hacks. I've been seeing a lot of companies that are hosting websites about life hacks and cooking hacks like you're not going to believe I I really didn't know this but I was just real grateful to be able to find out you know how you get aluminum foil that you're using in the kitchen or using for I use it for jewelry making and and you pull it and if you pull it the wrong way half of the sheet starts coming off and the other half is still on the roll well there's a hack for that and the hack is that at the end of each of the uh, of each end of the box of aluminum foil there's a little place where you can push in the box because it's cut out and if you do that you'll never have that problem so i want to know what your hacks are um um and and I'd be interested in some of your voodooism uh whether it's about politics whether it's about family we had um planned on having a program tonight that covers the idea of um adult children being estranged from their parents because I think we don't acknowledge that enough we don't understand it enough and it is at the at the heart of you can't i can't you can't consider the whole notion of building healthy and sustainable communities if you've got if you're not battling all the things that cause families to be dysfunctional. I mean, we talk a lot about the educational system. We talk a lot about um, the sociocultural things that go on in our community and how we can address those. But when you're, if we don't talk about how we deal with 
domestic and intimate partner violence. If we don't talk about uh, how we deal with substance and other kinds of addictions, if we don't talk about personal debt and money management, if we don't talk about the family structure and how it falls apart, I will not I will not lie to you. I know a family where when the children were teenagers and they're adults now, because of a problem and an issue between the mother and the father, the ch- the father lived in the home, the mother lived in the home, and the children would not talk to their father, would not acknowledge his presence. And we can we can kind of like speculate what that what kinds of things that was happening as a matter of fact um i a closer friend i had to ask the daughter whether or not uh, she was closer to the teenage daughter whether or not the daughter had been um sexually uh, abused because it seemed to me that there you know, you want to get that you want to get that kind of thing out of the way. If you can eliminate that, then you're going to look at some other things. So we'll we'll talk about that at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. If you want to hone in, and here is my question of the day. Many of you will know. Many of you know all through the years. I, I don't hide it. I'm not the most competent person in the kitchen. Now I have some things that I can put my my toes in, but I can count them on all my fingers, and it's the basic stuff that kind of like gets me down. What to do about the basic stuff? Um, so, uh, if you have some, um, if you're on my team, it would be interesting to know. I'd love to know. I'd love to hear from you to how how you manage all of that. But here's the question. It's about steadying your broom. I have destroyed glasses. I have destroyed a mirror. I have destroyed a TV. <laughs> I have destroyed three things. I mean, like, you know, after a holiday or a dinner party, you have all your glasses, all your beautiful glasses on the counter to be put away after you polish those glasses after they've dried. Well, there I was with the broom, and I was trying to sweep up the kitchen area, and I, you know how you just sit the broom over here? I sat the broom on you leaned it on the counter the broom fell and took all the glasses onto the tile floor and every glass broke okay so my question is um which end when you lean your broom which end should the handle be up or the handle or the the, the straws be up 
So that's where we are tonight at Our Common Ground, and we'd love to hear from you at 347-838-9852. I do want to go back and uh, talk about, uh, also we're going to talk about Marissa Alexander being released and we have an excerpt from our interview with Mar- Marissa as we talk about it. I'm not sure what is the best way to do it because you know you all wait until five minutes to, to midnight to call into this show. So I'm not sure, um, you know, but I do, I, I can have a calm conversation. I'd like to have a calm discussion on this topic. Do you think what the man is best? Okay, I'd like to have a cal- I'd like to have a calm discussion on the topic of Marissa Alexander. And there are still some of you uh out there who have doubts about whether or not her story was le- is legitimate. The other thing I want to talk about, do you all remember when before she was sentenced in her first trial, do you all remember that Angela Corey, the Florida um, uh, Attorney General, sent a letter about Stand Your Ground and Marissa's case to the governor and to legislatures when she was getting ready for her prosecution. You all remember that? This woman was out for blood from the very beginning, and we're going to talk about that. So we want to talk about Loretta Lynch. Oh, and those of you who haven't honed in at our common ground about the State of the Union address by the president, uh, we want to talk about this teenager, this 14-year-old girl, run, you know, leaving home, go with a 33-year-old man she met on the Internet, and and he looks like, what's that, Ted Hogg? You know, like Green Acres, you all remember that TV show. Uh, he looks like one of the farmhands on uh, Green Acres. Okay. And so we want to talk about Cookie, Alanis, Olivia, the three bad women of TV, and this new show, Empire. And I, I, I have to admit, I haven't seen Blackish yet. But I kind of like that comedian, and I love Tracy Tracy Ross, Ellis. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I, I want to hear from people who have watched these shows. Um, um, I'm not going to give away anything in case you want to watch it, but um, I'd like to hear your analysis of who these women are. Cookie of Empire, Annalise of um, How to Get Away with Murder, and Olivia Pope of Scandal. The other is, I'd like to hear from people who are interested in getting from under payday loans. I know that there are people out there. You get desperate. You you know, uh, we live sometimes by the motto of a a man or a woman got to do what a man or a woman got to do and get in deep. And one of the things that I know is that many payday loans are offshore. Lenders are offshore. 
And that provides an opportunity for people in many states to get from under it. I'm going to wait for your calls at 347-838-9852 and share right now. Um, oh, 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 I forgot. The principal that, ha- that fired the teachers at Howard Charter School, Howard University Charter School, because they were teaching black history. Lord, how could I forget that? I was outraged and wanted to know what was going on. So right after what something I want to share with you for a couple of minutes, we're going to go right into the Howard University Charter Middle School uh, story. Thank you for being with us, and you want to join us in our chat room. We've got some people who are um, are um, dying to meet you. <laughs> And if you have a news or issues story that you want to share with us, one of the things in the second hour I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about me for for a few minutes. Um, people are always sending me email and saying, uh, well, asking me questions about who I am personally. And um, I do do a lot of sharing about who I am as a radio producer I was producing the hell out of Alpho's show last night. Alpho had a wonderful show last night. That boy was hitting on Nathaniel. You weren't there, and you should have been there because you sure missed it. Alpho was on point on every damn part of the political landscape that's important and significant for not only now but for the future. Dag, he was hot. He, I mean, those grits had lot. I, am I right, uh, India? Those grits had a lot of salt and butter last night at the Alpha Show. And if you're new to us and you don't know what the Alpha Show is, you can call us and ask us that as well. But our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Africans of the diaspora are dealing with an epidemic. I am not talking about being physically sick. I am talking about a mental tick, one which is defined by an unawareness of a deficit. Psychologists diagnose this unawareness as anosognosia as a result of long-term transgenerational post-traumatic slave syndrome exposure. Black-on-black crime, a deficit unseen Unseen due to anosognosia. Little black boys and girls having children before their time, a deficit unseen due to anosognosia. 400,000 babies aborted in our community each year, a deficit deficit. unseen due to anosognosia. Elders thrown in nursing homes instead of being kept near, a deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Women who feel uncomfortable to demand their due respect. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Blacks who feel that unity with the Africans of the diaspora is a noose around their neck. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Women for aesthetic justifications deny their newborns their breasts. 
a deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Little black girls that only want white dolls. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. People who are behind on their bills would spend hundreds of dollars at the mall. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Men who don't feel guilty about being a deadbeat dad. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Blacks who hear the word nigger and don't get mad. A deficit, a deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Women who refer to themselves as the baddest bitch. A, a deficit, deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Those who voted for Bush based on his moral pitch. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. People who say color does not matter. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Those who believe our situation is getting better instead of sadder. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. The oppressed worshiping their oppressors. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Tolerance for men who are child molesters. A, a deficit, deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Fair-skinned people who hold their ancestors' rapists as a prize. A deficit unseen due unseen. to anosognosia. Individuals who find it easier to live with a veil over their eyes. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. anosognosia. Africans of the diaspora are dealing with an epidemic. I am not talking about being physically sick. I am talking about a mental tick. One which is defined by an unawareness of a deficit. Psychologists diagnose this unawareness as anosognosia. anosognosia. It's a result of long-term transgenerational post-traumatic slave syndrome exposure. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals. Our banks destroy the economy. The inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression. And you can go down the line. You can go down the line. The Wizard of Oz is 70 years old. Today, if Dorothy were to encounter men with no brains, no heart, and no balls, she wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress. <laughs> Advanced Urban Progressive Political Talk Radio. It's the Alpha Show, only on TruthWorks Network. Your Fridays just got served. Every Friday, he's all about politics. 10 p.m. TruthWorks Network. <laughs> My name's Reggie. Just recently, my wife and I took in her sister's children. We already had four, so I went from becoming a family man to a man with a bigger family. <clears throat> you can't eat love, so I don't know how I'm going to feed them tonight. How was that, Rich? I think I look more like Denzel. <laughs> That's cold, man. Play a role in ending hunger. Visit feedingamerica.org and find your local food bank. This is TruthWorks Network, the Black Voice Collaborative, where the truth is spoken more than once. Thank you so much for your support and joining us tonight. Okay, we're going to go right into our program again. If you want to write it down, our number is 347 838 9852 and I think I'm going to go to this Howard University. Now wait a minute. This is Howard University who sponsors a charter school. 
in Washington, D.C. Some parents are furious tonight after what they're calling a sudden surge in teachers resigning or being fired at Howard University Middle School in the district. We sent D.C. Bureau Chief Sam Ford to search for answers. As students came to school this morning, so did some of their parents, asking what's going on at Howard University Middle School and why are so many teachers quitting or getting fired in the middle of the school year? As parents, we just want to get some answers. We deserve to know what's going on. After all three of the school's social studies teachers gave their two weeks notice last week, parents say that the new principal, Angelique Blackman, confronted all three with pink slips yesterday in front of students. While students are still present in the classroom. How unprofessional. But these children are crying. They said they couldn't say goodbye. The teachers are upset. The students are upset. They were giving to them in front of our children. And I think that our children do not deserve to see that type of behavior. Howard Middle is a math and science public charter school on the campus of Howard University. Some parents describe the principal who came from Atlanta as abrasive. The school administration does not want the social studies teachers to teach African American history. We are on the campus of HBCU. We need to know our culture. This school is 90% African American. So far, we've not reached any of the teachers, nor has the principal responded to our messages. And they were all escorted out by police officers because of they were trying to teach us things about our African heritage and stuff like that. And we've been able to get no comment at all from the school, but one of the parents told us that the principal had adopted the Montgomery County curriculum, and so she didn't want teachers talking about things like Kwanzaa and Marion Berry. We don't know exactly how many teachers have quit or been fired, but the parent told us that three of her daughter's eight teachers are substitutes. Reporting from Howard University's campus, Sam Ford, ABC 7 News. You see, we... Um constantly talking about teaching black children specifically black history having them to understand the culture that has been formed from the time that we have come to the shores of the United States of America we didn't come we were dragged and here is a – okay, you all ready for this? The principal is black. Howard University, a science and math charter school. In, in, in some places they call it target schools. So, you know, I've got to ask. And, and and you can call us up at 347-838-9852. Our lines are open. Where do we draw the line? And as a parent, what would be your response to this? I can't imagine parents having to deal with, first, the reason that the teachers were fired, or I can't imagine having to sit on a meeting as a teacher and hear this from a principal about what is being questioning 
at the very least, why black history is being taught to black children. Because the majority of kids in the school are black children. If you have any comment about it, you certainly can um, call us up. Our, we've got every line is open, 347-838-9852, and that is the number. Now, one of the other issues that I wanted to talk about, and you're certainly welcome to call in, this is this is the night you get to just um, come in with your topic and what's on your mind. But one of the other uh, issues that I wanted to talk with you tonight is about Marissa Alexander. As most of you know, uh, on the day that she was sentenced after her first trial, I was a very early advocate um, after her arrest uh, on these charges. And for those of you who do not know, um, Marissa Alexander is a mother of three, and she was arrested in August 2010 for hiring, firing a warning shot inside her Jacksonville, Florida home after her then-husband, Rico Gray, uh, attacked her. No one was injured, but after refusing a plea offer of three years in prison, Marissa Alexander was convicted of aggravated assault and given a 20-year mandatory sentence. She served nearly three years behind bars before an appeals court overturned her conviction in September of 2013. Now, back in March, State Attorney Angela Corey said she would seek a 60-year sentence at a second trial. I was beyond myself when I talked with Lincoln Alexander, which is my, I have a, um, a habit, a routine, of calling him when Melissa, Marissa was in in jail and just getting an update and trying to, or her sister, just getting an update to try to figure out how things were going and how Marissa was. Advocacy groups came along at the time that Marissa was seeking to overturn her sentence and seeking a new trial under the Stand Your Ground law. In Florida, uh, among them were Color of Change and the National Organization for Women, asking Governor Rick Scott to even suspend um, Corey because Marissa's goal has always been to get all of this behind her. She's going to be able to be gainfully employed and be able to go to church. And that's pretty much the cornerstone of who this woman is. So now, here we have 
her having agreed to a plea deal where she will be under house arrest for two years and she will be paying $105 a week in order to be able to be at home. She is not free. She's simply been released to house arrest. By agreeing to the plea deal, she has avoided a de facto life sentence. She continues to share custody of her four-year-old daughter with her then-husband, Rico Gray. Now, Rico Gray was arrested in 2006 and 2009 for domestic battery, but in 2006, the charge was dropped and in 2009, he received probation. Marissa was granted a restraining order against Gray after his 2009 arrest. Here is the absurdity of it all. The fact that the courts punished and criminalized her for surviving domestic violence and for saving her own life and for defending her life. Forcing this woman to serve even one day in prison represents a profound and systemic attack on black women's right to exist and all women's right to self-defense. That's where I'm sitting on this. I want you to take a, a listen to my discussion with Marissa Alexander in 2010, all options to us said that she didn't exhaust all options. Lincoln, is Marissa with us now? Yes, hello. Marissa Alexander, thank you so very much for joining us uh, at Our Common Ground. I know that it, this has been a very tough year, and especially today, a very tough day. I want you to know that there are people out here who are committed to making this right, whatever we have to do. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, let me ask you um, how you um, responded to the sentencing this morning. I know that you were prepared uh, for this minimum sentencing. But what are what are your thoughts right now? Um, right now, I'm just thinking you know to go to distance. You know, I'm, I don't, I don't have, I don't even know how to give up. I don't even know how to not fight. All so, right, now you know, I'm with you. you know, given that it, you know, was a sentence that I already knew that had to be, you know, you know, had to come down because it was mandated. It, for me, I had, I'm kind of past that because I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, now mm-hmm. I'm just preparing myself for, you know, that the, the next part of the, the journey, you know, that, you know, mm-hmm. going through the appeals and things like that. So I was more concerned about my family um, than anything because mm-hmm. I had already prepared myself for the sentencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that your 11-year-old daughter pleaded to the court this morning for justice on your behalf. And I just have to say to you, 
what a wonderful Mother's Day present, even though it must have been very painful for her to have to appear in court. But she volunteered to do it because you have been a mother of love. What were you thinking as you listened to your 11-year-old daughter? I was thinking, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud of her. Uh-huh, I'm so proud uh-huh. of her. I really was. Yeah, and you, I, you, I, you must be. How did yeah, the court respond it. to it? Um, you know, it, it was it was interesting. I think they just kind of took it all in. I think it was um, mm-hmm. genuine. You know, it, it didn't sound mm-hmm. like somebody helped her with it. So it was mm-hmm. it was. You know, I think people just listen, um, listen more than anything. I think they can feel, especially if you have children, they could probably feel that. Um, unless, at least that's what I got out of the body language for the people there. So I think you know it was received. It was well received. Mhm, mhm. Um. Now, let me ask you if you can recount for us, and I want to assure you that I am a person who understands that every person has the right to do whatever it is to defend their lives. Mm-hmm. I under, you know, and 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 you were at the most vulnerable point in this battering uh, cycle that you were you had been pregnant, you had just given birth, you had left. Tell mm-hmm. us your story, Marissa. Well, you know, the, the hardest thing about it was it, it was the exit. Um because I knew that I was exiting that relationship. Um I knew that I could not tell him that I was exiting because it it that wasn't something I could prepare for at that time and I you know, was concerned about my daughter. So what people need to understand is I was staying with my mother um during the time that after I got out of the hospital because of an incident me and him had, he put he, he basically it caused me to go into pre, premature labor. So once I got out of the hospital, I was three centimeters dilated. I was living pretty much with my mom while he traveled, and that worked out well, so he wouldn't necessarily question that too much. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so a long, was the long-distance uh, truck driver. He is. He is. I know uh-huh. he stated that he wasn't, but he absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's um, in so, addition to being a beast, but... Okay, so <laughs> you yeah, went was, to the so house was, because you didn't think he was going to be there. No, and 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 not only that, he wasn't there that morning. So for me, you know, I had was slowly getting stuff out of the house so that he wouldn't be able to notice large amounts of things that was leaving the house. And um, so when he came home that morning, I was surprised that he even had um, our two stepsons with him. But nonetheless, you know, I had went and bathed Rihanna and, you know, let him see those pictures of her. And then at that point, you know, instead of him looking at the pictures of Rihanna, he decided, you know, he wanted to review my text messages. From that point, that's, that's when everything just went. 180 mm-hmm. degrees in the wrong direction really fast, and it, and it got extremely volatile. And what I've noticed, you know, in my, my, you know, with him is that if I would have fed into it, it would have got worse. That was the reason why I locked myself in the bathroom. I locked myself in the toilet room inside of the bathroom. But that wasn't, he, he was not done. He was not done with me that day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at that point, he continued to try to, to get into the bathroom until he just yanked the door completely open. <clears throat> and... um he had my cell phone because that's who he was, he was looking at the message, so he still had my cell phone. I locked myself in the bathroom because I was using it. And when he opened up the door, that's when he confronted me 
again. And at that point, I had no other choice but to stand up off of the commode because I was literally sitting on the commode because he had it. He was out at a distance advantage, sitting down with his hands around my neck. Yes, and mm-hmm. that's that's when things that's when things went forward from that point on. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't let, let me, me leave. Ask you. When you escaped, you were able to get out of the house, but you weren't able to get. You didn't have your car keys. Is that what? Is that understood? Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, I was uh, I went into the garage to leave, but when I was breast I mean I was breast pumping every two hours. You know, you have to do that just even if the baby's not there. And so I switched everything into the bump, the you know, the pump bag. So when I go to the hospital, I don't have to take you know four different bags with me. Yeah. So I had just pumped that morning. So my pump and everything with my keys was in the house. So when I left, when I tried to leave, and, and, and this was a matter of seconds. This wasn't a time where the situation calmed down, where he was not screaming and yelling and, any, and cussing me and trying to prevent me from leave or even putting his hands on me. It, it was not a lapse in time. This happened very quickly. So when I passed him on my right to go into the to, to the garage, you have to go to the laundry room to get to the garage, and this is not like an MTV crib house. This is a small house, and uh-huh. you know, once I got there and I could not get, I, I seen that my lights on my car because the truck that I have, in my mind, you, I have one of the biggest SUVs, so it's a huge truck, and it's in the garage, and my lights wasn't illuminated, and I knew that I didn't have my li- have my keys, and then I could not get out through the garage at the point. Mhm. Now when. And then you went in to get your keys, and that's when you discharged your weapon into the in, into the ceiling. And 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 yes, and what happened was I had to get some protection because he looked. When I looked back into the house, it kind of got quiet for a second because they were supposed to be leaving. He said, "Y'all put your shoes on. We're gonna go." And I thought they were gonna be leaving, but I knew that if he didn't, because he was so angry, I needed to protect myself. When okay. I went back into the house is when he confronted me in the kitchen. His car was never in the garage. His car was on the in on the outside and the garage door and where I was going back into the house because I had no other way else to go is on the completely opposite side of the front door. So if he wanted to leave he could have left. He didn't want to leave, he wanted to fight. He wanted to continue what he started in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So when he confronted me in the bathroom I mean in the kitchen, um when I was trying to exit out because I have to go through the laundry room, go to the kitchen, and go back to the room to get my keys, it's when he saw me, and he basically, once he saw the weapon in my hand, in my, my in my hand, I don't, I just, I guess, I guess that enraged him even more, and that's when he threatened to kill me. Mhm, mhm. Now let me ask you about his call. He called the police. Right. When the police arrived. What was your interaction with the police officers? Um, once I was able to find my phone and realize, because they had been contacting me and contacting me and contacting me, so at this point it was getting ready to get into a SWAT situation, which I'm so grateful it did not, because I didn't, what I wasn't going to do is go outside the door because I knew that's where he left and I didn't want to go out there where he was, so I was looking for my um, my cell phone. Once I got them on the phone, you know, he he kind of went into me, and then I could hear my sister saying to him, you need to ask if she's okay. And then he asked me, was I okay? And I said no, and I started crying, and I let him know and that I was coming out of the house, I was going to have one hand on my phone and one hand up, and that I was going to exit the house. Once he, once I got out there, they pretty much uh, handcuffed me, and a, a female officer uh, just patted me down, 
and he put me in the back of his car. Um, nobody ever asked me, you know, about any injuries or anything like that, you know, but I did let him know um, that he needed to go in and look at that, look at that house, look at the bathroom because it started in the bathroom and he 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 choked me and not only that he threw me against the door and the door had cracked. I told him to go in there and look at that and I explained to him I have an, an injunction in place. And the bullet or the the warning shot from the warning shot ricocheted off the wall behind. Rico Gray, who is 36 years old, who Marissa Alexander was feeding off from an attack, as she stated. This case came shortly after George Zimmerman's acquittal for murder in the shooting death of uh, Trayvon Martin. State Attorney... Angela Corey's aggressive prosecution of Alexander for a lesser charge should be outrageous to us all, and we should be asking the question, where is the justice? It certainly does not stand today in Jacksonville, and it certainly is unacceptable that this woman, who should never have been charged, in my opinion, in the first place, is now a felon. She's a convicted felon, which takes away her ability to vote in the state of Florida. You should understand that this case is far from unique. And to think that in June 2014, Florida Governor Rick Scott signed a warning shot bill into law extending the protections of stand your ground to those who threaten to use force without falling under the state's 1020 life law. You would think that this governor would have extended a pardon that Scott authorized that legislation, a bill that was drafted with Marissa in mind, without adding any retroactive language to protect Marissa, was just simply another injustice. To think that if Marissa Alexander were to fire the warning shot that she, the same warning shot today, the state of Florida, would be prohibited from prosecuting her, speaks more about the limitations of the law than Marissa Alexander's action on August 1st, 2010. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852. It is open mic Saturday night at Our Common Ground. We are at the top of the hour. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to look at the opening statement from Loretta Lynch, President Obama's nominee for the U.S. Attorney General. We'll be right back.
Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And at TruthWorks Network, TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show, Friday night at 10 p.m. This is Alternative Progressive Urban Talk Radio. Our common ground media and communications, where race and talk matters. Join us on all of our social network platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and our web blogs. TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and
can can really uh, come in and help us out, learn the news. Get tuned in to Our Common Ground, our number, 347-838-9852, to get in on the discussion, to join our guests, to talk to Janice. Make the call. This is Talk Radio That Matters. And now, back to Janice on Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852. And if you haven't figured it out, you are at the Black Truth Sanctuary. This is our common ground. And thank you so very much for being with us. We're going to go right to our phone, 610. You're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. And you know I respect you right back. You and yours, uh, Brother Brock, Philadelphia, PA. Brock. You know, I think, Brother Block, that you probably brought on – I've got a board full of callers right now, and, and and you were the first one, and when you came in and held up your hand, there was nobody there. Thank you so very much for helping us out tonight. What's on your mind? Uh, is is uh, uh, Miss Melissa Alexander still there, able to, to respond? Oh, no, 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 no. That was our interview in 2010. I'm sorry, to, uh, Brother Brock. Oh, that um, sounded like it was, um, she was explaining it again uh, for the, you know, for the, for the audience. No, that was, our li- okay. that was our live okay. interview with her yes. in 2010, the day that she was sentenced mm-hmm. to the 20 years. As a matter of fact, like an hour after she left the sentencing hearing. Oh, well, my 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 uh, comment would have been if she remotely can hear anything related to your show. That uh, although she has to explain herself in the courtroom, definitely does not have to explain herself with us. Uh, we I, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I'm, I think most of us understand how the system has railroaded her and. We are in our corner and can um, just hope and pray and, and, and actually write some checks to make a difference and and hope for the best because just the, 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 the way the courts have not only been unjust to her and other women, they've also been, you know, obviously unjust to so many males throughout the years. It, it mm-hmm. seems like with more technology, more uh, uh, people with, with in, the, in the legal industry that uh, throwing people under the bus would have gotten better over the years. You know, yes, racism is still alive, 
but it seems like there's so many other avenues that should combat that racism. However, the one industry that seems to be bulletproof is the legal industry because they so the, just just the way the legal industry when it comes down to the a judge how they can say this is admissible evidence these five things are not admissible evidence and and and, and that's the part that it just so many parts that are unfair that's just one of many parts that are unfair but if you you know you, you need your um evidence you need your witnesses to, to to prove your case and then you find out it's inadmissible. So how do you think that one item in the in the court or the judges can ever change? And do you understand why some evidence is inadmissible? Well, here's the deal. This is what happened. Um Um, I'm trying to kick some of these uh, jackasses out of my chat room, um, but I was listening very intently to what you had to say, uh, and I think that most of the our board, we're being trolled again because mm-hmm. white men can't stand, white men can't stand to understand that whiteness does not rule anymore. So um, I'm trying to be very careful about who I kick out because once I kick you out, you can't come back. Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly take your time. Take your time. What I'm doing is I'm copying. I'm copying the script right now of our chat room, yeah, so crazy. that I can submit it to um, mm-hmm. yep. Blog Talk Radio. And but the other thing is that they're so scared. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, um, they are so fearful that um, black people know their game and understand is like Yahoo's like this. They get nothing from the system, you know. They're they're the people we talk about all the time that are are um, are are always um, uh, voting against their own interests, brother Brock. But getting back yeah. to Marissa Alexander and getting getting back to evidence, there are evidentiary hearings, and any good lawyer can always figure out how to get the evidence that they want to get in, either in an evidentiary hearing or either in what we call a snag. A snag is get um, uh, a witness to bring up an issue that has not been um, allowed in the evidentiary hearing. Once it comes before the um, once it comes before the um, 
Not to judge. Want to, uh, want to, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to deal with these trolls. Uh, want to, I, I'm going to have to start at some point um, doing something different. But once it comes before the um, the juror, the jury, then it becomes an issue. Um. It becomes it becomes an issue where another evidentiary hearing can be held to bring it into okay. evidence. Okay. So go ahead and deal um, with this. Go ahead and deal with what you need to deal with. I'm well, I, I think that this board totally. are the same I know. people. I know. Yeah, yeah. Take, do what you so, do. So. Uh, I just um, thank you for your call, uh, sure Brother enough, Brown. Sure Keep up the great work. Uh, we understand. We see the nonsense. We're bigger and better than that. If, if these people are that jealous and and, and they have I know it's fear. Shallow, then, it's, yeah, fear. It's, 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 it's fear. It's fear on, of on top of jealousy. It's a pathology. It's like, it's like what, and what, they what don't understand it. If, if people don't know how to communicate and talk and and and, and just if you disagree, if I disagree with you, so be it. We agree to disagree. Well, you know, so, it's a, it's the same thing. It People don't want to deal with their realities. Yeah. Okay, thank you, then. Brother Brock, and I Talk hope things soon. are well. And thank you for your support of um, of the um, <clears throat> see. I'm trying not to be. I'm trying not to go off, but um, thank you for your support of the Kimba Smith Foundation and of Marissa Alexander. I really appreciate it, Brother Brock. Brother Brock from uh, Philadelphia, PA. We're going to go through this board very quickly. Uh, you're on the air. Hey, uh, thank you for having me on. I respect you. Thank you. I take mind? it back. You're a bitch, fucking. Okay. See, these are the people. Two, three, nine. You're on the air. Hey, honey, baby. How are you? Okay. I'm doing fine. Six, six, one. You're on the air. Oh, the glory of the cactus, you. Fuck. One, one, one. You're on the air. Hello. Hi there. My name is Marcus. How are Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I hit the switch, Marcus. I'm sorry. Uh, call back. 804, you're on the air. Wow, these callers tonight are... I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> 491, Bitch. you're on the air. Bitch. <laughs> Me and your mama. <laughs> I'm the bitch you're scared of. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. For those of you, I'm sorry, Jim uh, Tyson, 021. Um, did I hang up on you? Let's see if we got some other callers. Here we go. 239, you're on the air. Yeah, how you doing? 
I'm doing good. How you doing? I want you it's, dirty pussy lips. This is a Clive Bundy uh, stepson. <laughs> 407, you're on the air. What are you laughing about, You Dick want Clinton? some of that? Orlando represents. <laughs> a proud one at that. Oh Lord! You know we used to do the dozens in, in the South, and, and if if somebody tried to take you down or say something offensive to you, we would always say your mama. Hello. Eight eight eight, you're on the air. Meow meow you're meow the- meow meow. <laughs> hilarious. You're wasting my time, but it's okay. It's fun. Hello, this is are Marcus. How are you? Are you afraid of me? Are you afraid of me? Are you afraid of black men? Are you afraid of black women? Do you hate I'm not black afraid of children? anybody. I'm just calling because I was hoping this sounded like an interesting program. I'm okay. at home. I'm recovering from disability. I had a stroke recently. Oh, I'm sorry and to hear that. I hope you are re- recuperating well. So, you know, I... I does this happen every week on the show? Uh, I get targeted, yes. Okay. But it, it, it's really interesting that, um, you know, it's like Super Bowl weekend or something. I don't know. I don't know what the, what happens. Um, <laughs> that I was looking them. for the show that goes, you know. The show you that know, goes. Some, yeah. And because that's what I like is, you know, finding the show that goes, you know. Uh-huh. So, we read the description about it. It looked like it was pretty good. Well, we didn't yeah. have very much. Of, you mean the, the program description? Yes. We're here every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Um, okay. And um, usually we have a guest, but every the last Saturday of every month, I leave the the topics and the issues, the news items and news analysis to people who want to call in and have uh, a discussion about them, to have informed, reasoned discussion. Okay. So what part yeah, of the country Yeah, because it sounded like in? the show didn't, it went like it didn't go anymore. And it did? And that's what I was looking for. Oh, but, yeah, oh no. I mean, recently I've been, you know, working through the health care. I've... Uh-huh. You know, health care I think is really important, and we have to have better health care in the country. Well, I am hoping. I think a lot of you know, there's a lot of poverty, and it's hard to get with the poverty to get access to the good health care. Uh-huh. You know, and there's a lot of people who try to get the health care, but the health care doesn't go. And you know, we have the Obamacare, which is good, but it's hard to make the Obamacare go. So. Uh-huh. There's a lot that doesn't go, and we have to make it go better. Well, you know, as your health gets better, I'm, you know, one of the things that I point to here is that uh, we have to build. And yes. you should get involved with organizations that support both stroke victims and disabled persons in this country because as people – raise their voices as people act and 
try to give some direction in this country about what people need in various areas, it'll be better. It, it's really hard. The other day I tried to call and tried to get money for a pizza machine, and they were just totally rude, and they told me to, uh, to go to Taco Bell and pick it up at the Taco Bell. I just wanted to get a pizza who machine. Did That's all. Who did you call? Who did you call? I was calling the pizza. Oh, I and mm-hmm. and you know they just wouldn't bring it. They wouldn't. Yep. They said the pizza doesn't go. They told me to go to Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's really hard. So we need to do things more like that. You know. Yeah. To help. Well, the I'm not sure if that that kind of thing is ever going to work. But I hope you get involved in in the um, advocacy community for disabled persons and stroke victims. And thank I'm you for definitely, your that's, a, that's, a, that's a great idea because, you know, I'm going to look up the advocacy machine for the stroke yeah. because there's a lot of people who don't have spaces. I lost a lot of spaces, and mm-hmm. we need to do more to make it go. Right. It's the American Stroke Association. Okay. I will okay. look that up. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you. I hope it goes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm not sure what's supposed to go, but let's go to 714. You're on the air. Okay. 954, you're on the air. Hey, I was wondering if uh, you you had any uh, comments on the uh, Alabama issue that was going on. What Alabama issue are you referring to? Uh, the young man that was shot down there yesterday. Oh, no, I haven't heard about that. You haven't heard about it? Well, uh, no. he was a young black man, and uh, he was shot by a cop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing is going on so many times, uh, every every 28 days. Um, we have got to do better about protections of citizens against this overreaching violence that comes out of our law enforcement departments. Yeah, I and agree. I agree. And also, uh, also, um, us, us fucking niggas should stop running around with guns trying to shoot people. Well, maybe that might be your solution, but the overwhelm, the statistics are overwhelmingly. Uh, showing yeah, I, I that mean, I was looting. I was looting this this uh... tune. Two three nine. You're on the air. Hi, my name is Delaware. I go by Delaware. Eight eight eight. I see you're back. You're on the air. Hello. 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 Anyway, I Hello. was watching. Uh, how come on the gun range people have been talking about? Um, they have those black targets, and uh, I. Seven one four, you're on the air. Well, good evening, uh, man. These callers are just freaking unbelievable. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is America. But, yeah, that's exactly the way I feel. <laughs> but what I really want to know is, on a scale of one to ten, how big are your hairy pussy lips? You know, your snatch. We don't measure. Six five one, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. 
Hey, good evening. How are you doing? Good. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I believe the topic, I, was, I just came across this now on Block Talk. It's uh, This is like an open mic uh, politics discussion or what it was, the specific topic. Uh-huh. And you have something so we, you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, is this, are we just open to anything in doing with politics or did you want to talk a specific issue? Well, we have been talking about the Marissa Alexander case. We've been talking about um, one of the things that uh, is about the uh, Senate hearing this week of uh, for Attorney General, for the nominee, um, Loretta Lynch. Okay. So, But what's on your mind? Why did you call? No, I just um, went... I saw the title is Politics Progressive, so do you, do you have more of like a liberal view of politics? you consider yourself more conservative, or, or where's your stance? I don't categorize myself at all. I'm a black nationalist, which means that this radio show is focused on the issues, concerns that face black people in this country. One of them is police brutality. The other is mm-hmm. white supremacy in in a systematic and institutionalized way. So what we do is try to look at it from a third lens. Every one of the – I don't know if you were here when we opened the show talking about the duality that is yeah. required for uh, African Americans in this country – and that mm-hmm. is uh, the notion that we have to be we have to we have to be driven by our citizenship, but we also have to be driven by the lack of enforcement of our rights as citizens. Okay. Well, uh, I think I might offer an interesting perspective on the issue. Um, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm an African by descent. I mean, I grew up here my whole life, but my family uh, immigrated here back in 80, uh, 87. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm only, I'm, from I'm 28. From uh, From Ethiopia. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I kind of, I understand that whole viewpoint because basically in my early 20s, I was like, I, I became super, you know, pro-black, F the system. You know, I was basically almost, I was involved like the Black Panther movement. I was like really into, you know, the whole pro-black sort of kind of thing. And around the age of uh, 23, um, I actually started to study things more, study studying history more. And what I ended up trying to learn is like, how did other persecuted peoples in the past, how did they overcome whatever oppression they were in, and like, how did they, how did they become successful if they did at all? And the thing that struck me the most was uh, learning about the Europeans. And the thing that alarmed me was, I, you know, when we see these white people today, we have to remember that in the past, and not that not that far of a past, they used to be living in huts with painted faces, living in basically what amounts to a hunting-gathering society. I mean, they were really extremely primitive people. And the only reason that they became civilized at all was because the Romans actually came into England, France, and Germany and actually brutally enslaved these people for hundreds of years. And... uh had the Romans not came in and basically dominated them the way they had, they would be no different than just say you know African bush people or people living in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. And what they ended up doing is I studied because 
the Romans were brutally like treating them terribly. The Romans would regularly would go into a city, kill all the men, burn the city down, rape the women, and take all the children to make them slaves. This was this was regular practice in England, France, and Germany for hundreds and hundreds of years. It was really terrible. And to even make it worse, they had the Vikings coming down from the north doing the exact same thing as well, especially to people in England. Really, their English had it really bad for a long time. But what they ended up doing is they learned from their oppressor. And it got so well that these Germanic tribes studied the Romans, and they actually perfected a lot of the Roman t- techniques and eventually used them against Rome and took took Rome over. Right? And mm-hmm. I look at and then I studied the Jewish struggle and I, and I was amazed because the Jews lived in Europe and were extremely persecuted and discriminated against. In my opinion, worse or so than black black than black people have ever known because I mean the Europeans would literally, if if any issue came up, let's say there was a sickness or a plague or some kind of issue happened, let's say there was a famine or anything, anything negative happened to them, the the whole culture would automatically blame the Jews. And they would literally round up all the Jews in their cities and just start killing them left and right, start burning them at the stake. They would they would take all their possessions and force them to leave their city, and the, and the people would just, in mass, just move to a different country. This happens, like, hundreds of times, over hundreds of years, man. And I say to myself, how in the world did the Jews become the best in, in law, in banking, in medicine? How did they do that in spite of the, the persecution they faced? When you study their history, they became they 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 developed a standard which said, no matter what they say about us, no matter how much they discriminate against us, we're going to be excellent at everything we do. So much so that the, our services and talents will be in such demand that no matter how much they hate us, they're going to need us. And that's what they end up. That's mm-hmm. what preserved them because the kings in Europe needed their services. That's the only reason the Jews exi- managed to stay to stay alive. Otherwise, they would have been killed and wiped out. But because they well, were we can good. also say that we can also say that about slavery systems, especially in the United States for for chattel slavery du- during the post slavery period and Reconstruction, and we can also say that about many Caribbean and South American um, countries as well. Listen, I I I gotta go. Uh, I really have. Um, uh, you've struck an interest, and um, I, I really appreciate your 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 sharing um, some really knowledge that has placed a perspective on it that you don't generally find in most uh, books on the issues of Europe. Yeah, of course, because white people they want to hide this. They don't want to. That's right. They don't want to reveal because right. this is their shame. Exactly. But what's what's even sadder, even for me, what I find even more sad is is the reverse on black people, which is mm-hmm. when I when you deal with any any black leadership or people who are in the media who deal with these issues, what they do is they constantly present us as the victims. And what mm-hmm. I say to me, mm-hmm. this is the thing that alarms me because you know I'm only 28. But I, I do a lot of work with a lot, a lot of young brothers and sisters on the streets here, especially kids who are in drug dealing. I'm talking about guys who are in their teens, early 20s. It happens all over my city. And when I talk to them, they all have this victim mentality. They all keep talking about white supremacy. And I say to them, can you tell me any black people who did some kind of major 
you know, successful thing or caused some kind of invention or some type of innovation which was a huge asset to our country. Can you tell me even one? Can you guys name who's the number one neurosurgeon? But you know why that is. You know why they can't. It's It's because because our people have failed, number one, to actually educate our young people. Like, have you ever heard the saying, uh, is that the real McCoy? You ever notice, like, white southern racist people always say that? They talk about the real McCoy? And I know who McCoy is. You know who that is, right? But most... Most of our people don't even know that. But Most of our people don't is, know that. That is part of the system of white supremacy. And it no, is no, global. ma'am, that's not, that's not the white supremacy. That's an in-house problem. And I tell no, people no, this. No, 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 look, look at the other minorities where do, in this country. Where do children of, of color, where are they educated? Ma'am, it's, it's not the role of the government to tell to teach you this. This is something that our families and our people, we need to teach But what you're ourselves. not understanding is because the history books for so many hundred years has been absent of that information, it is not mainstream information. Well, it's not that it's Do you mainstream. understand like, what I'm saying? No, no, one, no one told me this. Like, I, I went and che- I mean, the information's there. It's just that it's not, it's not pushed to the forefront. But you're like, not understanding the, public the education system of is not your own teach privilege. This. It's you're not, not a privilege, ma'am. I, I came from a... I came from a a broken home. I had. I was a convicted felon. All these things. I had all the the the, the quote unquote, you know, earmarks that somebody should fail. But I have mm-hmm. my own business now. I'm doing well now because I got out of that victim mentality and I said what. And I started to say, how am I going to succeed? What do I need to do? And I study what black people used to think in the 50s and 60s. They didn't say what people are saying today. What people are saying today is like a shame on people in the past, man. Those people strove and suffered and sacrificed and shed their blood, sweat, and tears to, differ, to give us opportunity I have to today. Differ, I have to differ from, uh, with you on that point. If you read the works of Marcus Garvey, if you read the works of W.E.B. Du Bois, if you read the works of Nat Turner, if you read the works of Jarena Lee or Ida B. Wells or Frederick Douglass, they're talking about white supremacy. No, I'm not saying white supremacy doesn't exist. I'm talking about what are actual practical solutions to our success in light of our I, current situation. That's I what understand. we need to talk about. I, 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 we can't complain that. about the circumstance. That'll get us nowhere. I, That's why the Asians, the Arabs, usually regularly come into black neighborhoods and take over all the businesses. Why? They're minorities just like us. How are they coming in and taking over like that? Because they're because not concerned about circumstances. There's no, institutional. Let, let me let me tell you something. This is what I learned because I'm I have my own business. I'm not going to argue can't. this point about. It's not an argument. I've been black the, the, much longer than you have. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying to you is that I, I had that same mentality. But then what I learned in this society, especially in America today. It's about your money, not who you are. If you have money and if you have a track record and you show that you're reliable and have a discipline and, and a strong work ethic, well, people will do business with you. I you think can be successful. Got to, I think your study and your understanding of, this, uh, of, of, of these issues have to extend further than you've gone, but I really do appreciate that No, I agree with you saying that the system's out. there, ma'am. I'm talking about actually doing something about it. The only time it's going to change is if we're actually financially strong enough where we have an influence. As long as our majority of our people are broke, and sadly most of our people don't even understand the basics of the credit system. 
I'm talking about actual our young people. And what I keep seeing is people having these lectures talking about white supremacy, talking about all the the the, the state of the black people today. And these talks are not benefiting us even a lick when we have other minorities coming into our country and being successful in front of us in our own neighborhoods. Yeah. We should be asking ourselves, how is this even happening? It's because we well, are not empowering ourselves with the necessary knowledge and tools to overcome it. If we don't, if we don't get wise and seek wisdom and actually apply it in a realistic sense, not ideological stuff, because ideal, ideal thinking, that stuff never works in reality. That's why communism failed. It was a great idea or a concept, yeah. but in practical application, it failed. I'm talking yeah. about practical I, I just, solutions. I just differ with you on the detail because you're talking about a people who weren't supposed to survive and they did. I got to go, but I really Ma'am, stay with no one knows supposed night. to survive. We we all have to find a way. We have to survive or go extinct. That's the law of natural selection. That's, that's the world well, we live in. That's, Either well, you adapt or you go extinct. That's how black people in this country did survive. I really do thank you for your call. I'm going to take a break because I need to breathe because I can't breathe right now. Uh, our number is 347-838-9852-773. I see you right there. I'll be right back. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to shoot you right down. Right off of your feet. Boom, 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 boom. When you're talking to me, I like you like that. This is Our Common Ground with Jad and Fred. Speaking truth Ooh. to power. But you walk and walk and talk and talk and whisper in my ear. I love and talk. But when she talk like that, she knock me out right off of my feet. Thank you for being with us at our common ground where comrades meet. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. Transforming truth to power one broadcast at a time. Ho, 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 ho. They say I'm not the average black girl because I'm so well spoken, poised, full of etiquette, a white man's token. You know, I remember my ex's mother telling me I didn't know how I was going to react when he brought home a black girl, but I like you because you talk so white. Well, when did me talking right equate to me talking white? They say I'm not the average black girl. No, 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 not the average black girl because the pigment of my skin is just a shade lighter than that black girl over there. You know the black girl over there. The black girl with the nappy hair. The black girls whose elbows can't skip a day without lotion. Whose hearts and heads are filled up with self-hate and bottled up emotion. The cocoa brown girls who have to face society every day and be tough. Because no matter how good they straighten their hair, their good is still not good enough. Oh, see, luckily for me, see, I don't fall in that category. See, they say I'm not the average black girl because I speak with so much class. And I'll have too much, but just enough ass. And not too much, but just enough pizzazz. You know, just, just a little bit of attitude. Because you don't want to come off as one of those average black girls and come off as rude. You know, popping their gum and shaking their neck. Yeah, because those black girls get, like, no respect. But see, luckily for me, see, I get a pass. Because the melanin in my skin matches that brown paper bag. And my father, brother, and men that I date pants don't sag. And when I speak, my tongue pronounces every syllable. And the combed part down the middle of my hair is naturally visible. Oh, oh, it must be a weave. She must be mixed. Because we all know the average black girl ain't got that good 
Or when I walk into a room full of white men, they all stare. It must be the long lengths of my unaverage black girl hair. See, see, they say I'm not the average black girl because I corrected the professor when he used the word conversate. Converse. The word is converse. And in case you didn't get the memo, there are now eight, not nine planets in the universe. And when you're watching the numbers on your stocks move up and down, remember Oklahoma in a small town where one of the first Wall Streets was a black Wall Street that got mysteriously burned down. Oh, they say I'm not the average black girl. Well, let's flip the script and rewind this repaint the lines that had been blurred over time because the average black girl that I know, see, the average black girl that I know made 19 trips through the Underground Railroad to free the slaves sat on segregated buses, refused to get up and pave new waves. See, the average black girl that I know, the average black girl that I know were Egyptian queens like Hatshepsut and Needlechrist who were ruling dynasties and whole armies of men. Excuse me why I set fire to this poem on my pen because I am tired. Tired of the stereotypes black girls have fallen into because of American mentality. Oh, but not half as tired as Ella Baker, Diane Nash, Septima Poinsett Clark, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. Miss Fannie Lou Hamer, Daisy Bates, Anna Arnold Hedgeman, and Dorothy Hike are far more tired than I am. But do you think the ones who say I'm not the average black girl even give a damn? No. So pardon me if I can't openly accept your compliments. Pardon me if I can't openly accept your compliment. It's just the average black girl that I know. The average black girl that I know had courage that surpassed her every fear and fought for justice and equality year after year. So as I construct these words, pardon me as I shed a tear because I'm not half the black girl she was. I am not half the black girl she was. See, there's a minor clause. See, she was out there fighting, breaking, and changing laws. So I bow down to my black queen standing in the merit of her work. And as America's society continuously throws these supercilious words unto me, I say, no, I'm not the average black girl. I can only aspire to be. Why every time you see me, you want to mess with me? I'm proud of it. It's not today. Give me some pride, Lord. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now back to our common ground. We gotta love And thank you in the chat room for tolerating the trolls of white supremacists that came through tonight. I do so appreciate your patience. Um, There's little that we can do about it. I have had conversations with Blog Talk Radio on this matter. I have uh, copied the um, room, and I will be passing it on to them. I will be ensuring that, and I said this to them before, that my company is unwilling to pay for a service 
that gets put down. 773, you're on the air. Thank you for your call. I respect you, and I do want to thank our last caller uh, for his effort to understand all this stuff. What's up? Well, good evening, Janice. And, uh, they done knocked out Alpha. <laughs> you were supposed to be... You were supposed to be having Saturday night fight in my chat room. Uh, oh. I'm not all the time able to watch the chat room, and they keep coming in here. And I, I you know, at, at some point, other than to to protect my listeners and the people who use our chat room, this is why a lot of radio shows on Blog Talk Radio don't use chat room. But what's okay. what do you what's up? I mean, I wanted to talk about Loretta Lynch. I wanted to talk about this Howard University Charter School, um, Brissa Alexander. I wanted to talk about Cookie, Annalise, and Olivia. Um, well, first of all, the damn. hell with Cookie, Annalise. Well, first of all, the hell with Cookie, <laughs> Annalise, and Olivia. Okay, number one, and you know, let me put it like this: um, you. We have situations here, like the last caller. He was 28, started his uh-huh. own business. You uh-huh. know, when he, his argument, his entire argument hit the wall as to what in the hell are you talking about, wall? When he asked the question, how minorities such as the Arabs, the Koreans, the Chinese come into our neighborhoods and take over they enter our neighborhoods with money. The Arabs come over here with bags of money. The Thank Koreans you. come in with an industry behind them that basically finances them. This is how mm-hmm. they do it. And when he raised that question, once he confessed his age, his youth betrayed him because he, as much as he professed to have Studies this, studies the Europeans. You don't go to study a European to nullify what has happened to a people in a land governed by white supremacy. That is one thing that, I mean, like I said, his entire argument hits the wall of really. Well, and you know. I, I, Well, you know, Janice, after after a while, I listen to so many of these people who want to redefine our history. Our history is exactly that, our history. And when people who have made it up that ladder cannot understand that the bottom rungs of that ladder are fully populated with the majority of our people, because they have been intentionally miseducated. They have been mis- intentionally distracted, be it religion, be it television, be it whatever, any, any and every reality show. They have been distracted. This is the, the, the scars that we as a people carry with us. And when we did try to get the economics together, what happened? They burned it down in the wall in Black Wall Street. They came through and soaked up. I mean, well, see, that, in, that, uh, 
that's part of the problem. And what I was trying to point to him was that, you know, on the issue of black people don't know black history, black people do know black history. And the black people who don't know the detail of black history don't know the detail of black history. I mean, but what is that going to do for poor people? Well, he didn't see, he wanted to leapfrog over the facts and what and the, the state of the black community right now. You can't just alibi and talk about the temperature of the black community. You have to go through and who set this thermostat. And that's what he wasn't mm-hmm. willing to do, nor was he willing to listen to. He's Nor was he 20, willing to talk about he, the 13th Amendment. Well, he thought that his 28 years and his menial studies of the European and how the European Jews overcame the, even the European Jews had well, money. even if you if you if you even if you talk about that, for instance, um. Judah Benjamin served as a Confederate Secretary of War. He was he was a very prominent leader in the Jewish community. And like I said, his youth betrayed him because mm-hmm. he he doesn't understand really, that black people black black men are being killed by police in American cities right now at the same rate as they were lynched in the era of Jim Crow. But he you can't you can't seem to tell him or explain to him or get him to acknowledge any of that. He he his mind is set. And his mind is set in the way he basically came off sounding like uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Everybody yeah, has it was, individual yeah. uh, responsibility, of which many of us already know this. But it's the or people who the aren't intersection, listening. the intersection of urban renewal in American cities and community-based businesses. You know, one of the things is people think. Sometimes people believe that they are doing something special when, in fact, it's been done a thousand times by other people. And better. Yes. And better. Just the fact that you acknowledge something at an early age doesn't uh, make you genuine, nor does it make you legitimate. And that's that's all I want to say about the, the person because, see, I mean, in all fairness, he's not here to rebut but just listening to him uh, exposes his youth. And his yeah. youth is basically his problems. He, he, how can he possibly know the history? He can, he can sit up there and... Is, and there, uh, is, there is something called a vacuum of knowledge and information. You cannot, you cannot take fact and history and think of it in of of one particular uh, era and think that is that that you can think of it and and you can synthesize it in a vacuum. Um, I, I I tell you, um, Alpha, tonight has been really a, a bust, and I really thank people for 
staying with us. We're going to solve this problem. Um, you know, we didn't have this problem at U.S. Talk Network because we had a, a, a caller screener and uh, you had to be subscribed. Uh, and I think we're going to try to uh, do the same thing. It's it, it, We use Blog Talk Radio because you don't have to put in any of the uh, in, uh, infrastructure uh, of well, Internet yeah, broadcasting. Right. That's right. We don't. We and that's why. And you're right. That's why we use it. But the just just the mere fact that, and this is what this is what uh, encourages me, because so many of those bigots took the time to try to scuttle what you were attempting to do, what you are doing. Yeah, they they knocked me off my game tonight because. it was open mic Saturday night. Otherwise, you know, I, I do yeah, a little, we'll a lot more control. Well, see, that's the, that's another thing. I don't take calls from uh, area codes I don't recognize or new area codes. Let's Are you telling me you screen your callers? I screen the hell out of them. And, the, <laughs> and like, the, the, the folks in the chat room, when they come in with, you know, you have people who will come in with stupid names. These um, childish, juvenile, creative names. I take them immediately. As soon as yeah. I see them, they they might post one, maybe two. I I mean, if you are that immature to to have that type of screen name, you don't get in. Go play. Mm-hmm. Go play in the sandbox at the kids' table. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. there's nothing that you say that I am willing to hear. There's nothing that qualifies yeah. you. You disqualify yourself with your immaturity and your childish yeah. behavior. You're you're absolutely right. Thank you, Alpha, for uh, coming in and I guess making me feel better because this crap is really got uh, out of hand tonight. Um, for those of you, we only have five more minutes. Um, and for those of you who join us next week, we're going to be talking about um, a reentry program, a very unique reentry program in Brooklyn, New York, uh, with the Osborne Association that has just launched a very big program for um, in, uh, incarcerated felons coming back in the community. Alpha, thank you a lot. I want to thank all of you. I do want to mention that if you are one who prays, uh, the daughter of Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown, Bobby Cristino, today was found unresponsive in her home. Um, She was sent... um, Rescue workers were sent to her home in Roswell, uh, Georgia. She was found unconscious in a bathtub. Her mother's death or suicide anniversary is February 10th. Same situation, face down in the bathtub. Um... Almost three years to the date. Uh, 
when 48-year-old Whitney Houston was found face down and unresponsive in a hotel's um, in a hotel in um, Los Angeles. Same circumstances that resembled her mother's death. Uh, initially, when she went into the hospital they were able to resuscitate her and she was breathing and was alive and now uh, it's being reported tonight that Bobby Christina has been placed in a medically induced coma. I don't know. I don't have any more information than that. Thank you again for being with us and uh, we will see you right here next Saturday night. We appreciate your listenership and your support. Um, And hope that you will join us uh, each Saturday night at 10 p.m. It goes on and on, folks. It never stops. This, too, has happened before. And it will happen again. How about that? Indeed. Good night and have a good week. And we'll be back. Transforming truth to power. One broadcast at a time. Good evening. This is Janice Graham, and this is Our Common Ground. Thank you so much for being with us tonight at Our Common Ground. We're here each Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll be listening for you. Wishing you peace and power in the new week.